Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 30. Oh my god, no. <laughs> 45. 30. I was writing down the time that we come in. Uh, episode 45 of Reboot already underway. I'm one of your hosts, Jacob Lacey, joined again today, as always, by Aaron On. Hello. And David Becker. Hello, Internet. Guys, we got a great show for you ahead this week, and we're going to talk a little bit about who framed Roger Rabbit. We're going to talk about the Black Coat's daughter. But first, let's talk about our some of our favorite film soundtracks of all time. That guy on bass? Oh, yeah. That's Todd. I know. Oh, yeah. You know? We've talked about our favorite scores, but what are what soundtracks you guys just listen to on repeat. I've got two that I've got running right now. It's one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about this so badly. Uh, I've just been listening to these two albums over and over again. So I don't know if these are my favorite, but the thing with music with me is that I don't like have a favorite anything in music. I mean, I like the Beatles. They're my favorite. Favorite album <laughs> is one of the Beatles albums. I don't know which. Probably Rubber Soul. But... Um, so, so that's just how music works for me. I'm never, like, in on a album or whatever. So well, I'm going to start it off with uh, the one that's, like, obvious, I think. Um, and that's mm-hmm. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World soundtrack. Oh, um, okay, yeah. Oh, my God, it's so good. Um, and there are glaring flaws. I think one of the glaring flaws is that they don't have Brie Larson's version of uh, Black Sheep on there. I mean, true. Come on, like, really? But the metric version is still good. And then, did you say the metric version? Yeah, the metric, the the band metric. The the band metric. Oh, you're talking about like the. We're not talking about like (laughs) units. I was like, (laughs) gonna bring in the Pulp Fiction back. Yeah. You know what they call it? (laughs) Call it quarter pounder with cheese. (laughs) They call it the Royale. Um. Because they don't get the metrics. Oh, you're pretty smart, aren't you? You think you're smart, man? <laughs> no, uh, yeah, so the band metric. <laughs> but also, we've just got great music from the movie. Uh, we just got the We Are Sex Babam song, uh, which is, that one's just a good one to blast when I'm driving. It's a good one. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm trying to bring up the list right now, but uh, Threshold, love that one. Just anything Sex Babam is like, it's like we the, hate you please die or whatever it's you, called no that's uh oh god what's the name of that band oh crash and the boys <laughs> yeah and then the two crash and the boys song i'm so sad so very very sad <laughs> it's just the three notes <laughs> yeah and then we hate you please die garbage truck and then aside from just the ones that are written for the movie uh we have great songs like under my thumb by the rolling stones um teenage dream by t-rex uh not the classic Katy perry no 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 no, no, i think this might have been before that song honestly i don't know when that song came out though uh scott Uh, pilgrim by plumtree uh 
just a, a lot of good music all around. It, it's my driving music, that one. Um, so, yeah. Well, what about you guys? What, what soundtrack do you guys love? Can I cop out and go with the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack? That's not a cop out. That's a That's great choice. That's not a cop out. That's a good choice. <laughs> all right, because I want, I want to get that one out there early before you guys stole it. I, I didn't put that one uh, down, honestly, so we're good. Oh, good. Good. But, I mean, this is just... Awesome mix volume volume one man just mm-hmm. it it just all feels right and like when you're watching the movie all the songs flow together into the scenes oddly satisfying you're like why would you play this song here and you're like oh that's why because it, it makes it feel good like somehow like this works mm-hmm. like like Marvel did a great job with uh, making everything go together so props to Marvel on them and just a, a lot of classic amazing songs on this soundtrack. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we we talked about this. When was when were we talking about this with like the opening with scene? Squad. What? Oh, best best was it? Because we were talking about that opening scene when Chris Pratt just you know yeah. comes in to steal the orb and does how the song just perfectly creates the tone yeah. of the movie right there. It just like clues the audience in. You're like, this is going to be a unique Marvel experience, you know. Like, it's similar to other Marvel films in so many respects, but the soundtrack is definitely Different. one of the elements that, like, sets it apart so much because it is young, man. such a part of, like, the DNA of that film yeah. is that yeah. soundtrack. And who knows what Awesome Make Volume, volume 2 is going to be? Dude, like... it's already shaping out to be amazing. Just the Yeah, based on the trailer songs alone, yeah. it also looks like it's going to be great. Fox on the Run, The Chain, um, <laughs> Suffragette City... Just, like, man, he just knows, man. James Gunn, like, perfectly. And, like, we t- I don't know when we talked about this. I can't even remember. But he, he, he picked these songs so, like, caringly and lovingly. He's like, this goes here. Like, he didn't even pick the original version of Come and Get Your Love. Like, he picked the re-recorded version from 1974. It's like, that's... That's some dedication right there. You didn't just go to the right one. You went to the one that felt right. And honestly, the re-recorded version's better. But still, I just think that is like one of the great soundtracks of all time. I've, and I'm hoping for Volume 2 to be just as awesome. So, All right. Aaron, what do you got mm-hmm. for us? Well, one that I always listen to... And was one that kind of like kickstarted my interest in a couple artists was the 500 Days of Summer soundtrack. Oh yeah, that's a good one too. Let me bring yeah, it. it's just pretty a pretty nice collection of you know like indie rock mixed with like more like classical rock things. Like this was the this this album introduced me to like two artists that I would go on to, you know, like, listen to more of their stuff and really enjoy, mm-hmm. and that's uh, The Smiths yeah. and uh, Regina Spector. Oh, okay. So, both of those, you know, they have, I believe, like, two songs each on the soundtrack. That's what it looks like. And, you know, yeah. yep. I, I, I don't know how to describe it, but just those were two bands, or a band and a, and a singer that, you know, I went on to really enjoy, and this was the soundtrack that helped me discover them and their the use of their songs. Because, like, the, the Smiths, they actually, like, call out in the movie, because, right. you know, like, that's part of the reason why he falls in love with... Have you guys seen this movie? Yeah. No. Yeah. 
David, you might like it. I don't know. It's one Keyword point. might? Probably not. Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's I'm willing to give almost anything, almost anything a chance. It's, but it's I, an interesting film. It's kind of like an anti-rom-com kind of thing. Mm, rom-com. And he said anti. You just you just blacking out the word anti. <laughs> well, anti is just the anti of rom-com. So is it just a com or is it just a rom? Like we don't know. We got to find out. Maybe I should watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. Now, Aaron. But yeah, I just I also really like how the soundtrack kind of like takes you on that journey though you know like mm-hmm. when you're listening to the soundtrack in isolation even you still get that kind of like ups and up and down in that relationship that the path of the film follows you know yeah what were you gonna say oh i was just gonna say how dare you talk about this uh this album and not talk about you make my dreams by daryl i was John i Oates. had to bring up you make my dreams because <laughs> that scene is great yeah. in the in the movie where he just comes out dancing to that so perfect use that's one of the more classic songs that's included in yeah. it but it just the incorporation into the movie is fantastic all right well my second one is one that it's not, like, really my kind of music, but I think from watching this film, hearing the music, and how it, it works with this film and is woven into it, um, it just... You don't even have to be a fan of this kind of music to love it. And that's the soundtrack to O Brother Where Art Thou. Mm. Um, yeah, good choice. Yeah, it's, uh, it's... I I recently saw, like, it was around, like, Thanksgiving time, and I saw most of this, like, while I was playing on TV. Yeah. You should my watch uncle, all of it. It's my fantastic. uncle just, like, dies, like, oh, yeah, like, my uncle's weird, and, like, he's like, okay, this is about to happen, and it'll happen. I'm like, well, thanks for ruining the punchline. Like, now I don't get to enjoy <laughs> this. So, like, this has, so, like, it happened the entire movie. But I, one scene I do remember is going i'm assuming it's part of the soundtrack is when they all have those beards and they're all jamming yeah, the out soggy bottom they're the boys. band yeah yeah huh? the soggy bottom boys i'm a man of yes. and sorrow oh man that song is so good and it works so perfectly because it fits it's written so that it fits into the whole 1930s country scene like it doesn't sound recent it's you know? more it's more of a bluegrass yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, I can see that. But other which which I I absolutely hate country, mm-hmm. but I enjoy a good bluegrass. Yeah, like bluegrass. if you get that banjo out, oh boy, mm-hmm. it's game time. And now, <laughs> other standouts, uh, down to the river to pray. That scene, that whole scene, it just I can't listen to that song without thinking of that scene now. And maybe that so... would be a bit sacrilegious. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, uh, just great performance there. And then, um, the other one is Didn't Leave Nobody But The Baby. Uh, that whole siren song scene, just, again, fantastic choice. Um, and it's just so mesmerizing. They're all the three, um, I don't know who sings it, the three of them, all their voices just work together perfectly, and it, it's just you, you get mesmerized because they're getting mesmerized. And also the music is just so friggin' beautiful. You're like, all right, I'm down. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, 
If, if you are out there and haven't seen Oh Brother Where Art Thou, highly recommended for me, and also listen to the soundtrack, because it's also a good one to, you know, go to sleep. I actually to. had the soundtrack before I saw the movie, because, you know, just, yeah. Just because that's an air. Because I just because it's it's one of those things where it's like it's on the iTunes top charts like all the time, and I'm just mm. like I wonder what all the hype is about. So I got I found out like a Goodwill for like fifty cents. So I'm like I'll get that, <laughs> and then I started listening to. It. I was like this is some really good music, and then I saw the I movie like I a year later after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, David, what is your second one? Uh, my second one. I'm gonna kind of glaze over it. Because um, we got a bigger discussion talking about it on our other podcast. But it is the soundtrack to The Perks of Being a Wallflower. It is a good soundtrack. Because this is a phenomenal soundtrack. You got got David Bowie on it. Mm. You got Sonic Youth. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, the thing about this soundtrack is, like, music is incorporated into this movie very strongly but very it's very strong but very subtle at the same time like it has a very strong purpose of the for the character and his development and how he like progresses through like what he's going through and like just the, the tracks they chose the way they that the movie like uses them I, it's just great mm-hmm. like i love it yeah i mean i mentioned the first the the first time we did the favorite use of songs in movies my first pick was the use of heroes by david bowie at the end of the film because yes. it is just Im- immensely powerful because when he when he has that final moment he's like we are infinite and they're just driving through the tunnel of that song it's incredibly powerful and as i noted when we were talking about it i have actually you know driven through that tunnel while listening to that song like i intentionally put the song on yeah. my ipod it's while here. i was driving through it's the tunnel <laughs> And it is like, I don't know, like a, a transcendent experience You're almost, like you know? Chilling. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. I, I feel like I'll get goosebumps. Because like you try with a different song and it, you don't get that same effect. But for whatever reason, that song like actually is a really profound experience when driving through the tunnel there. Yeah. I don't want to talk too much about this movie because we're going to have a bigger discussion on it. Yep. I mean, oh. it'll come out before this episode, so if you haven't listened to it, uh, we put up a, an episode of our new series, Gateway to Cinema, in which we talk about uh, every film on Aaron's list of 100 movies that I should see, and uh, this was on there. We're going to talk about it. Well, we've already talked about it by the time you listen to this. You can go and find that uh, on SoundCloud or iTunes. Aaron, what is your second <laughs> uh, soundtrack? Well, I can't decide between these two, but they're related, so Cheer. we're we're just gonna talk about. It. But it's the, it's wanna, the one on the left. I want to talk left. about the soundtracks to the recent Muppets movies. That's a great choice. And now I, I was sorry. looking at them and I couldn't decide if I want to go with Muppets or Muppets Most Wanted because I know which one is the superior film. But at the yeah. same time, every time I look at the Muppets Most Wanted soundtrack, I there's so lean, many great songs I on that. Lean most Wanted, honestly. The what? interrogation song might push it over the edge. The interrogation movie. song is phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> just so clever. Dude, I was I mean, just singing that today to myself. I was like getting really? up from work and I was singing the interrogation song. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Yeah, just so many clever puns and, you yeah. know, wordplay and all that stuff. And But, like, also in that soundtrack, we got, like, we're doing a sequel. Yeah, we're doing Which is also phenomenal, just the meta humor. <laughs> we can't do any worse than The Godfather 3 and all Kind of savage. Um... What's the one? Uh, I'm number one. <laughs> that's a great. <laughs> that's also just a great scene. Because uh, Ricky Gervais, man, he has such a such a gravity to him on screen, and it just so likable, even when he's the villain. <laughs> it's great. But um, even beyond, beyond that, if you go back to the first soundtrack, then you have stuff like you know, "Life's a Happy Song," yeah, and then. Uh, Man or Muppet, obviously, is the highlight on the first. (laughs) So good. Um, Yeah, that one. And then I also like... uh, What's the one that Amy Adams sings by herself? Me Party. The Me Party. Me Party. That one's pretty good, too. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Just great music. And then, of course, they bring it around with a Rainbow Connection in the first one, too. And it's like... Rainbow course, Connection is just one of those perfect songs that exists. It's like there's nothing yep. wrong with the song. It's fantastic. Um, so. Like, who? what kind of monster hates Rainbow Connection, you know? like I don't know. I don't know. That's a good point. <laughs> um, but yeah, but having, you know, Brett McKenzie from yeah. Play the Concords compose all these songs, that was just an excellent choice. I, I wish they would go on to make more of these films because I want more Brett McKenzie songs. Doesn't seem like they're going to do it, though, does it? I know. I yeah. think the TV show was the end of the franchise for a while. Yeah. But that's the thing with Muppets. They're always going to come back. They're always going to be a thing. They're just timeless characters. Um, that We'll see them eventually again, hopefully. Yeah, of course. And bring Jason Siegel back, for God's sake. <laughs> He's, somehow he pulled it all together. Um, guys, those are the soundtracks we like in movies. Uh, at least the ones that I've been listening to right now. Um, what are your favorite soundtracks? Tell me. Let me know. Email us. Email Leave a comment. At RebootAudioUnderway at gmail.com. What's it? Suicide Squad. Was it Suicide Squad's completely disjointed? <laughs> now, here's the thing. All those songs on the soundtrack are good, but, like, they just don't fit with the movie. <laughs> so it's, just, it's weird. Guys, let's move on to the upcoming movies of the week. Put that cookie down. Cookies are for closers. We've got a fairly stacked week um, with one of my most anticipated films of the year. I'm very excited. Uh, but let's start with Ghost in the Shell. A film that doesn't look very good to me. Every time no. I've seen it, I'm like, uh, no. All right. This was based on a comic book, correct? Isn't it? A, it's based on a manga. A with, manga? Uh, yeah. And then um, they made like an anime movie mm. that is like the main source of inspiration. It's so, it's so this is based on a movie that was based on a manga. Well, based yeah. on an anime movie. It's okay. based on an anime movie that was based on a manga. Right. A manga. That was based on an idea of the artist. And that, that was, was based a... on oh, it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, like, we actually talked about the original anime film a, a couple yeah. weeks ago. I'm not sure when, because I watched it in 
not quite anticipation. Yeah, I was gonna say, but, not you know, out, out of curiosity. <laughs> and how this new and, film? Yeah. So, how is the original content? I guess I've, I actually really enjoyed the original film. Like, it's very well made. It's very, you know, powerful in a sense, and it has a lot of thematic depth, like surprising thematic depth, like its exploration of like the technology itself and you know identity in a world where like man is indistinguishable from machine and all this sort of stuff and it has a very fascinating and uh unconventional ending i suppose for like an action flick of its sort but like so i really enjoyed the original film but then you watch the trailers for this new version and it looks like they're just stripping away all of that interesting thematic depth and just making it like a generic like robocop ripoff kind of thing you know like they're I just mean, being like instead of like her the, the the major being like you know a willing participant in this cybernetic program and all this stuff and all these new ideas based on identity where they're just going back to the same generic thing like oh she didn't volunteer for this program and then they turned her into a cyborg weapon and stuff you know mm-hmm. it's it's cliche it makes yeah. the material far less exciting yeah see i never i never watched any or read any of the original material and now and i've seen this tra- like this trailer a couple different times and i saw an extended trailer tonight and i don't doesn't really do anything for me it doesn't like yeah catch my eye the action like it's, there's gonna be action but like you know i don't know uh, yeah there is going to be action that's you can say there's, that there's gonna be action yeah. uh, that's a safe bet but <laughs> actually no because we saw fantastic four and yeah, that's not that fun. so <laughs> i take that back right? my apologies um yeah so ghost in the shell <laughs> That's and we're not even going to get into the whitewashing debate. I was just going to say, I was just going to say, we're just over that part. Let's just, it's, yeah. How about the boss baby, guys? Is this your most anticipated movie of the year? Is this the one you were referring to? Boss baby? Guess what? What? It's going to make a lot of money, gentlemen. I don't think so. Yeah, it will. I don't know, because families have, like, Beauty and the Beast yeah. right now making bank, you know? Like, they have a alternative. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but that beast could be scary to a lot of little kids. Like, <laughs> just, I don't know, but also, little, I mean, little Alec people. Baldwin. There's, there's, yeah. oh, there's also the gay people in there. You got you, you got to consider that when you're taking your children yeah. to go see it, you know? You know? Oh, and right. Let's see. The, yeah, in Beauty and the Beast. In Beauty and the Beast, I'm like, is that like a controversy from another Boss Baby? successful boycott right there? You tell. <laughs> <laughs> now it only made six hundred million worldwide in its first two weeks. <laughs> you're, you're 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 three for three on those boycotts there. I was just gonna say, if they need to see a kids movie, like an animated kids movie, just wait a week. See Smurfs, I guess. I don't know. Or go see the Lego Batman movie. Is it still out? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, there. Yeah, that's yeah. a way better well, one. But yeah. But but you know what was oh when as I mentioned in my Lego Batman movie review, when this trailer played in the theater for the little kids watching that film, it killed. Like yeah. everyone was cracking up. The parents and all the kids were dying at this trailer. And I was just sitting, you know, sitting in my seat, just, you know Aaron's just dying inside. <laughs> Where have we gone? <laughs> what is humanity? 
Um, I mean, already being ripped to shreds, uh, for the most part, these reviews are not kind. <laughs> um, so who knows? We'll, we'll see, but I won't cause I'm not seeing it guys. Let's talk about the zookeeper's wife. A film I was looking forward to, but now it kind of seems like everyone's kind of like, eh, it's all right. And I'm like, Jessica Chastain. Pick better I movies. I don't remember seeing a trailer for this one, so... I don't think I've seen a trailer either. I just remember that, like, I heard about the cast or something, and that's, like, really all I know about this film. Well, here, let me Is that the cast regale you it. with the story. The real-life story of one working wife and mother who became a hero to hundreds during World War II. In 1939, Poland... Not even going to pretend to know how to say that name. Um, Jessica Chastain's character. And the husband... No clue. Have the Warsaw Zoo flourishing under his stewardship and her care. When their country is invaded by the Germans, Jan and Anatonia are stunned and forced to report to the Reich's newly appointed chief zoologist, let's heck, Daniel Brohl of Captain America Civil War. To fight back on their own terms and... and Antonia and Jan covertly begin working with the resistance and put into action plans to save lives of what has become the Warsaw Ghetto with Ant... Why do they put this name in so often? <laughs> with Jessica Why can't Chastain's you pronounce that? It's a better question. Well, I think it's because Jacob hates war movies and this is part about a movie about a war. So he's no, like, yeah, I'm fight it. <laughs> I saw the trailer and I'm like, okay. Looks so pretty. it's like... Schindler's it's List. It's like Schindler's List, yeah. But, okay. But with a Z. Um, well, that, well, that reading did not catch my attention, so sorry, Zookeeper's Wife. I'd rather go watch We Bought a Zoo. <sighs> not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> not the same thing. I'm, full, I'm fully aware. I saw We Bought a Zoo. I'm, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Oh, don't be. Oh, it was pretty good? You like it? I went to see it at the court theater, so I got like the best popcorn. Oh yeah, ever, dude, that popcorn that was... was the best. What? Why? Why <laughs> is it gone? We can't get off on this tangent. Um, <laughs> no, uh, so I'll probably still end up seeing this because I like Jessica Chastain. I think she's a great actress. Um, but it's just kind of like, you know, when when a movie's middling like this, it's you know fifty six percent. I think it's at right now. Um, that's more of me like, well, I'll see it. I'll see what I think about it. But uh, but wait till like DVD or something. Yeah, no. No, Jake would still I'll, see I'll it. rent it. I'll rent it for sure. Um, because it's also not a movie that I'm entirely inclined to go see in theaters. Especially right. if it's going to make me cry. I'd rather do that <laughs> in the privacy of my own home. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'll probably end up seeing it. I saw Miss Sloan got put on iTunes the other day. Probably will end up watching that soon, too. Uh, Jessica Chastain's just a good actress, even if she's not in super great movies all the time. Crimson <laughs> Peak, man. Crimson Peak. Are you trying to say Crimson Peak's not a good movie? No! I, oh, okay. I was the one who told you Crimson Peak was awesome. <laughs> I was no. the one who told you to go see Crimson Peak. I was the one who oh. still hasn't seen because I, I was pumped I, I was so hyped for that movie and I was gonna see it in theaters and then I couldn't get a ride and I was so upset but yeah 
No, it's fine. I, I'm just guess I'm just a bigger Gilmero del Toro fan. I don't know. Yeah, you're such a big fan that you constantly <laughs> mispronounce his name. That's right, Gilmero del Toro. <laughs> that is not right. How do you how do you pronounce it? Guillermo. 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 Is that That's Guillermo honestly del Toro? The, you didn't know that, Jacob. David. <laughs> No, I didn't, but Guillermo del Toro. I I know now. See, I'm a fan of his work, Aaron. Separate the art from the artist, right? <laughs> That's not what that means. And still, don't even... No. Anyway, let's, let's Guys, move on to... Uh... Let's move on uh, to the Black Coat's Daughter, previously titled February. I am so excited for this movie, guys. I Ever since I found out this was coming... Aaron, you and I watched the trailer. I'm like, what's this? You're like, oh, it's the new movie by Oz Perkins. I'm like, in. In already. Like, I'm the pretty <laughs> thing that lives in the house. Every time I think about it, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm giving that more points. I might move that one up a little bit. I loved that movie. And it's one of those things when I'm watching it, I'm like, that was pretty good. And then the more I think about it, I'm like, that was, that was really good. Like, <laughs> oh, I love it. I love that movie. Um... And now, seeing the first film he ever made, because this is a movie that was originally came out in 2015, I believe, in festivals. So mm-hmm. it's technically his first film. I'm excited to see where he came from, you know? Like, what, how he started and how he got to where he was now. So will this be better than I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But either way fairly excited even though i know this is not coming anywhere near me ever it's so. it will get uh released on on demand on video like for rental the same day as theaters i know <laughs> what i'm doing friday i know what i'm yep. doing friday oh but yeah i'm also really excited for this film because you know i was the one that recommended i'm the pretty thing who lives right. in the house to you i was like it's an I'm not sure if it's a great film, but it's certainly an interesting film great. that's worth watching. The more I think about it, I'm like, that's a great movie. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited for this one as well. And then I also really like the cast. Because mm-hmm. you got Emma Roberts mm-hmm. and Kieran and Shipka. Yeah. And that, that sold me. Because both uh, great young actresses, you know? Yeah. And, uh, gosh, I'm just, I'm super excited. Um Man, I'm so happy to know that it's coming out on uh, on rental. Now I'm just like, can it be Friday already? I'm so excited, guys. <laughs> it's Sunday. You just want to skip a whole week? Yes, I mean, don't we all, but horrible. still I don't Sunday. want this week. Um, but I'm very excited. Looking forward to this. Um, plus, first, like, probably will be good horror movie of the year. Trying to think. Um... Excuse you. Oh my god, Aaron. <laughs> Don't think it. Don't, Don't say, say it. it. Oh my god. No. No. You kind of like you kind of let yourself like you walked right into that I one. Didn't. Like if Aaron didn't say say it then so like you have nothing but yourself to blame, Jacob. I'm sorry. I know. It's because I rarely remember that film's existence unless i'm talking about the podcast to someone i'm like yeah we like the bye-bye man for some reason we haven't even seen Aaron, it <laughs> it's Aaron, coming you, out on dvd soon so yeah, do you have a bye-bye bye-bye man tally 
I do not. I should probably start, should. though. But it's um, been, like, one per episode since it came out. Two, yeah. Um, and I take that back. There has been a great horror movie this year, Get Out. But again, kind of lean that one more towards thriller. So. I hope it's slow in plotting. Like, is that a weird thing to hope for a movie? <laughs> like, yes. like, I hope this movie is so slow. Because there's something so mesmerizing about I'm the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. That's what... We just need... We need a shorter name for that. Pretty Thing? Sure. It sounds weird. Man, that Pretty Thing is slow in plotting. Let me then tell just you say, what. I am the Pretty Thing. Or <laughs> just make it a... Or just make it an acronym. I get uh, my... I die. <laughs> <laughs> Acronyms on the fly. <laughs> Guys. I am. No, I can't do it. You also said I am to begin with. Am is one of I the know. words. Guys, let's we move, move on. on to what have we been watching this week? 911, what's your emergency? It's my wife. I think she might be dead. No. Oh, call waiting. I need to grab that. That is the cable company. I've been waiting for them all day. There's blood everywhere. I, I just really need to take this. L'espinage au la bouchon. Cigarette de portobello. Si raki spacaletto. I've got such a short week. <laughs> I've watched nothing. So... Mind if I just indulge myself real quick here? Go for it. I watched indulge. the next two episodes because they're releasing they're releasing them two at a time uh, uh, for trial and error. I watched the next two episodes. Not as good as the first two. I think it's still good. I think it's still a good show. But after those first two, where I'm like, this is like surprisingly really great. Um, I was kind of like eh, a little soft around these ones, but. The next two are tomorrow, so hopefully they, they surprise me. Wow, they're really burning those off. Yeah. That doesn't really bode well for its uh, no. renewal prospects. No. But the thing is, it's a show that can be contained within one season, because it's just about one trial at the moment. So mm-hmm. even if it gets canceled after one season, I, I will still have enjoyed my time with this show. Um, so yeah. yeah. Uh, and then watched an episode of Black Mirror, the first episode of Black Mirror I didn't like. Um, and I don't think it's a bad episode. I just didn't like it. Um, so I kind of, I was going to watch more, but I'm like, uh, this episode kind of soured me on it for a little bit. I'm going to take a little break from you're, it. You're almost I know, there, though. I know. I see. You're I almost know. there. <laughs> I, I'm just going to take a little break because I don't want that episode to taint my enjoyment of the other episodes, you know? So, I don't think it's that bad. I think it has some interesting ideas. It just kind of. I agree. It's just I didn't like. um, Almost descends into like a self-parody at the end when they're trying to do too many layers, and you're just like the the episode we're talking about is playtest. Oh yeah. By the way, I don't think we mentioned that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) playtest. Playtest just didn't float Jacob's boat. Didn't float my boat. And that's the thing. I don't think it's a bad episode. I understand what they were going for. It's just one of those that I'm like, this did not grab me at all. I felt like the the main character was like whiny and horrible and just completely unlikable in every way. So when he's in like these horrible situations, I'm like, I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> you just kind of suck, dude. Um, yeah, and it also like it devolves into cliches, like Aaron said. Like by the end, it's just like, oh, but wait, there's more. <laughs> it's just like, uh, let's stop, guys. 
you had a good ending. Um, but but I do think there is. What I liked about it is I think the creepy atmosphere is pretty solid. You know, like I I do like that one moment where he's just like something's gonna be like behind this door when I close it or yeah, whatever, and then good. it's like the shadow. But then like oh man, I, I was like that's a, that's a fun moment. Like it's not particularly scary, but it's just kind of like cool, mm-hmm. you know. And also, I think part of it is that the effects didn't look great either. No, but I think that's understandable because it was supposed to be a... Right, but that's that's what makes it more confusing when he's like, yo, you don't see that spider crawling across the floor? I'm like, no, it looks completely fake. How can you not tell that that is not real? <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> like, he was so dumb. He's like, well, you're not seeing the spider? Oh, it's really here, though. And he, like, tries to stomp on it, and it's not there anymore. I'm like, dude, she told you it's not real. Why? Like, you were so dumb. <laughs> like, obviously, it's not really there. It was so frustrating. It's... I'm never the guy who's like, no, don't go in there, you idiot, during horror movies. But that was this for me in this episode. I'm like, you are so dumb. <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? I, I think it's a little excusable just because of the, you know, whole setup that it's a virtual reality game, you know? Like, he's going to behave differently yeah. than if he actually felt like his life was in danger. Yeah, I don't know. And then they have the Hideo Kojima ripoff. Like, that guy was obviously supposed to be Hideo Kojima. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not even... Like, he looks like Hideo Kojima. He has the same haircut. It's like, come on, guys. <laughs> um, he makes the same games. It's basically PT. He's basically living PT. No, cool, guys. Um, anyway. Also directed by... So, Dave. yeah, not a, not a bad episode, no. but... I, I think that... It, definitely it, the worst of the series. Yeah, I mean, I haven't finished yet, but... Still, still saying that uh, the entire history of you is the best episode of the show. That's because you're not descending. Yeah, oh, I know, I know. Um, but yeah, so I watched that, and then I think that's it. Honestly, I can't remember anything else. I'm thinking, thinking. Didn't go to the movies on Wednesday. Didn't feel like it. Had nothing to see. <laughs> so I'm like, eh. <laughs> I'm not gonna go see Beauty and the Beast. Everyone, stop asking me to go. Um, but now you can see Power Rangers now, this Wednesday, David, right? David just stepped out for a minute, but I do want to go see Power Rangers with him. <laughs> so if he would like to <laughs> join me, I would love to. Um, but also, I might go see Life, because I hate myself. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Aaron, what have you been watching this week? Uh, I also had a very light week this yeah. week, so didn't really watch a whole lot. Uh, watched Last House on the Left. Oh, which that's was the Jennifer Lawrence. No, Dang that's House at the End of the Street. They're all the same. <laughs> no, this this is uh, this was Wes Craven's directorial debut. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I had never seen it before, so I. Picked up the DVD for like two bucks and I was like, I'm going to watch this. And it's definitely an interesting film. I have some conflicted feelings about it. But, you know, because like, yeah, on the one hand, it's definitely a fascinating film. It's has a lot of like Wes Craven's kind of like style, like the a weird. You can see like his style starting to develop. Like he'll have moments where he's like using dreams in there. He has the weird. He has the contrast between like the idyllic uh, 
suburban life and just like the horror of like the, the the sadistic torturers or whatever that are the villains of the film so you kind of see his style evolving to what it would be later on in his career but at the same time there's also it's also a very low budget film uh-huh. and it shows like okay. the actors are all pretty horrible the camera works pretty stilted and just like very limited locations and all that kind of stuff and it's also tonally a bit weird because it's it's a very i'm not sure quite how to describe it but like the the plot of the film is basically like these two girls get kidnapped by this group of like sadistic murderers or whatever who like torture them and you know assault them and all this and it's it's a real good film then yeah yeah (laughs) and I don't think it really handles it all, you know, with the right amount of respect or whatever, you know, but at the same time, there is that quality about where you're kind of like, it's definitely a confrontational film for better or worse. You know, like this is a film that's like, we're just showing you what this is and we're going to, you know, you either watch it. Or you have to look away. But this is our film. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like, it might... It's not a film I would d- recommend to many people. But it is a fascinating film. Okay. For sure. And it was interesting to just kind of get that perspective on Wes Craven, who is one of my favorite directors. You know, just kind of seeing where he started. Mm-hmm. All right. Interesting. And then also this week... From the AFI Top 100. I mentioned I'd be watching this. And I did uh, Modern Times. Oh yeah. Pretty awesome. How right? modern was it? Modern Times? No, it's an no, old how, uh, Charlie Chaplin film. How modern was it? What? He said how modern was it? It's too late. Yeah. Too oh, late. How the, joke, okay. the moment's gone. I got you David. I thought it was pretty good. Thanks Jacob. <laughs> I didn't hear what you <sighs> said. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we're just like spitting fire today i don't know what's happening anyway <laughs> modern times it's pretty anyway, amazing right it is pretty good i didn't like it as much as uh the gold rush oh, okay. i think that one was the superior film but it this one's still pretty great you got some great uh moments like i really like like when he like the people get like stuck in the machines or whatever and they're just like you know their yeah. bodies like flying yeah. through the gears or whatever and, you, and then you have that ridiculous moment at the beginning where he's, like, hooked up to the machine that's, like, feeding him or whatever. Oh, and yeah. you're just, like... And it's, like, slap, it's like <laughs> slapping back and yeah. forth. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, where did he come up with this? <laughs> yeah. Um, favorite moment for me... Well, two favorite moments. I really like when he's uh, roller skating around and there's that giant, like, fall. And he's just going right near the edge. And, like, just roller skating all over the second floor. That moment is mm-hmm. great. That whole scene is great. And then, um, of course, when he's a waiter and he's, like, singing mm-hmm. uh, to the patrons or whatever. And everyone's laughing. And he's not, like, saying anything, really. It's all gibberish, nonsense. But just the reactions and the way he does it and his movements and his facial acting are all fantastic. And you, like, can fully understand what he's saying without him saying anything. And I just think that's mm-hmm. such a fantastic scene. Um, one yeah, of agreed. For sure. 
Well, and I mean, <laughs> I, I do think it was interesting to watch because this film came out so much later than Gold Rush because Gold Rush was like 1925. This was mm-hmm. 1936, I believe. This I think was his, the last appearance of his character, the scamp, I believe. I think I think I'd heard that somewhere, but I could be wrong. Yeah. So but it was interesting kind of like seeing that transition because then you're moving from when films were entirely silent to now. Mm-hmm you know, the advent of sound films. And it was kind of, there is kind of like that awkward nature to this film where it's like it's trying to figure out where exactly it fits in between, you know, a sound film and a silent film. Because you like, you start out and you suddenly have dialogue. You are like, what's going on? There's yeah. dialogue in a Charlie Chaplin film. But then at the same time, then they move on and then they're go- going back to the, you know, title cards every- to announce the dialogue here and there. Mm-hmm. But then you also get to the end and he's singing. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's audible singing. That wouldn't work on in a silent film. Right. That final scene wouldn't work. So it is interesting. And I think it kind of fits, though, because if the whole film is about, you know, like the struggle to adapt to, you know, modernism, mm-hmm. it's kind of perfectly fitting that the film has that struggle itself between, you know, trying to adapt to the new format of cinema. Yeah. I also think... Uh a line that like rings true still in that film uh when i don't remember exactly what it was now but i just when i saw it i'm like yeah that's not applicable at all today or anything it's when uh his wife i guess uh girlfriend um is crying on the on the stoop or whatever and he's like well we'll uh We'll get you that house, even if we have to work for it, or something to that effect. I'm like, yeah, that's not totally how people are nowadays, is it? No, no, all right. That's totally not just uh, entitlement that's existed then, and will probably always exist. Great. <laughs> that made me a little sad. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks, buddy. Make me sad. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway... Uh... Then I watched some TV. Oh. I finished up uh, Iron Fist. Uh, yeah. So. Because, you know, I had to, you know. Because <laughs> I, I watched to. all the other shows from the Defenders and I had to know, you know, how it would build it up. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, yeah, my, my thoughts, it, it improved slightly from the beginning. Maybe because it kind of like. I don't know. It, it it feels like it's an, a show that like the like eighth episode of the season should have been like the second episode where they were in the second episode oh, of the season. You know, yeah. like it feels like as soon as they, it's very awkward because it feels like as soon as they're finding their footing and like finding a direction for the show to go in, then the season's over. Like you like have like six episodes of nothing happening. Then suddenly you're like, okay, here's what the show could be. And then all of a sudden it's like, nope, wait, time for the finale. And then the finale is like so disconnected from everything else <laughs> that happened in the rest of the season. You're just like, wait a second, how do we go from here to that? It's like watching that Justice League trailer. Okay, <laughs> the come on Justice now. League we can't, trailer. We can't get into that discussion right now. We, no. we don't have time for that. The Justice no. League trailer. Jacob, you're too hard on it. I'm not the only one who's hard on it. I'm not going to name yeah, I, names, I, but Aaron I wasn't like a either. fan either. 
I'm sorry, David. <laughs> uh, well, no, I'm not saying I'm necessarily a, f- a fan either, but I'm saying Jacob like tore it apart. And, like, it looks ugly. It looks. Ugly. It does look ugly. It looks ugly. really ugly. So ugly. All the costumes are horrible. Like it, it's hard blue. to watch. Like like Lacey mentioned, he it, we were texting about, it, and he talked about like that scene where like the Amazons are fighting the parademons, yeah, like the giant battle, whatever. And then I had to go back to the trailer to find that scene because I literally could not remember watching that scene because everything is just such a blur of like drab grayness and blue filter and And, you're just like and what do you know the only one with anything cool to do in the trailer is wonder woman it's almost like wonder woman's the only cool part of the dceu at this point i did like aquaman i did like aquaman that i liked the aquaman stuff throughout the trailer I'm exactly. like, I'm, I, I didn't like, like that. The, Except for the costume. The costume's horrible. Costume's horrible, and I, that stupid one-liner. Just like a bat. Dig it. Go die. <laughs> Go die, Aquaman. <laughs> it's just like all of these one-liners are horrible on that trailer. Oh, what's they, your superpower? I'm are. rich. No. Batman doesn't say that. That's what we say about Batman. <laughs> like, how dare you? Maybe they're just trying to break the fourth wall. Maybe DC... <sighs> DC... You is just going sense. above and beyond what everyone's expecting him to be. Now that is an argument. I can't even hear that without laughing. DCU <laughs> <laughs> is so bad. Also, the cyborg line. Is it the new it's Suicide so, Squad It's line? the new, so that's <laughs> with some kind of Suicide Squad. Just like, <laughs> stop writing dialogue that's specifically designed to be put in trailers. Like, it's so clunky and awkward. Also, See. Cyborg looks so fake, I can't even handle it. Why See? is the CGI so horrible for him? I don't understand. I'm glad we got to talk about it. It looks this, like even trash. Though we just said we like, weren't going to talk about this. Let's, let's, yeah, we kind of have to talk. We'll talk about it in November. We'll talk about it in yeah, November. Yeah, moving on, moving on. So Iron Fist, not good, but, you know, it's over now. All right, so, now right, so rate, rate, your, rate, rate your, the four um, shows. Four shows. I'm I'm gonna well, go just without thinking anything. It's gonna go Daredevil, Luke Cage. What's the gr- what's the girl? Jessica, Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones, and then Iron Fist. I think Jessica Jones. Well, like, is the see, best the, the thing is, like, I think Daredevil season one is the best season that the of the four shows, but season two was like half good and half just like a disaster. So it's oh, hard wow. to tell. But <laughs> okay. So it might go Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist for me. So it just progressively got worse, really? I guess. That's sense. really how it happened. Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Daredevil Season 2, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. But there, it's kind of like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, huge gap, <laughs> then Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah, okay. I can see that. All right. Is that all but you got still, for us? Still excited for Defenders. Oh, I mean... I'm kind Could of excited too, and I've not. Is that just gonna be all four of them together? Yep. Uh, I think I think they're just gonna cut out uh, Iron Fist. You'll be like, yep, like you're not like you just can cameo in the Defenders. You don't <laughs> even have real Defenders. You know It'd be did... funny they they filmed it all already, but they just go back and like edit him out of it. <laughs> and who, you who know is this did... person talking to? You? Oh, that was supposed to be that Iron Fist, but Iron we cut him. Oh. <laughs> okay. You know who didn't make it any better, Aaron? The co-creator what? of Iron Fist, who said some horribly racist things this week. 
<laughs> I did not hear that. Oh, it's really bad. We'll not uh, I'll say have to look that up later. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's... Oh. Anyway. anyway, finally, finally. Okay. I want to uh, we're actually going to be talking about The Flash again. I wanted to ask like, if you saw that episode. Yeah, because like, we talked about this like two weeks ago, and I was pretty mad at The Flash. Mm-hmm. But then... This episode comes along. This week was the crossover between the musical crossover with Supergirl. And this was a f- episode I've been anticipating for, uh, you know, as long as long as it's been since they announced it. And so, so wait, Flash went to so it was a Supergirl episode or was a Flash? episode? It, it was a Flash episode where Supergirl, you know, visited. Okay. Like they, they set it up at the end of the last Supergirl episode. Like yeah. the very last minute or so, and then it led into the Flash episode. So it, you know, lived up to my, you know, expectations. Like it was just all around a, you know, a fantastic time. Like it was so much fun. It's like this is the show that I've wanted the Flash to be, you know, like it's so fun. It's having fun with like kooky villains and like absurd comic book shenanigans and all this stuff and like all these alternate worlds and alternate timelines and all this kind of stuff it's just and it's you know it's just having fun with the concept and you know experimenting with its format instead of you know recycling the same season-long plots over and over again so it was it was a really enjoyable episode like so many funny moments like unexpectedly funny moments uh the cast like all of them are it's it's impressive how many you know great singers that the uh cw arrowverse has like accumulated over the years you know aren't a lot of them from glee melissa benoist yeah both both, uh yeah grant gustin and melissa benoist were from glee i didn't know grant gustin was in it too okay Interesting. And then the guy they got to play the music meister was also from Glee. Oh, okay. Was it Darren Chris? But then you... Yes. Oh my god, I wait, really? This, yeah. They got Darren yeah. Chris? Yeah. Man, I am... I'm forever <laughs> a fan of Darren Chris, so that's amazing. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, you know, all all the cast, you know, great job singing, and then Quite a few of the songs were just covers, Mm -hmm. but then they had two original songs. They had one song that was from the the songwriters from La La Land. So that was it. Was was, you know you're selling me on the Flash right now, Aaron? You're selling me on the Flash just to get to this episode. (laughs) And then the other song though was from uh, Rachel Bloom. You know. And it was so good, like on the flash. It, it was, it was just like a Crazy Ex-Girlfriend song, oh but with God. like a bunch of like in jokes about like the about Supergirl and Flash or whatever. And it's just like hilarious and so great. Just, I mean, it was such a fun time. It was such a fun episode. Do more episodes like that, as opposed to your really boring season-long plot lines. <laughs> I heard that a speedster is not going to be the villain next season, though. Yep. So that's exciting. And, and it's, re- it's really funny, like, watching the video when they announced that, because, like, the whole crowd in, like, the panel, like, cheered, and, like, the executive producers of the show were, like, taken aback. They're like, wait a second, what? 
Like people are, like what's going on? Yeah. All right. It's like they didn't realize how much people are hating the recycled plot lines. <laughs> so hopefully change is coming. All right. Winter is coming. That too. Except anyway, that was my week. The opposite because summer is coming here. Mm, so now it's under me. What you got? What you got? What you got? You got? You got? You got? You. Wow. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I'm in a weird know. mood. I'm in a very weird mood tonight. Let's go. Let's do this. What do you got for so, me? So I watched uh, The Walking Dead as always. Yeah. Uh, next week is the season finale. Yeah. And it's, okay, Jake, I don't know so, what, what you're on. I'm excited, <laughs> man. I'm, I'm... But um, yeah, so I watched Walking Dead. It was a solid episode this week. Uh, um. Stuff is happening, so that's always good. And um, yeah, I don't want. There's nothing I really want to say because I don't want to spoil anything for Aaron. But um, <laughs> sorry. But I also watched Into the Badlands, which is right after, which was a great episode this weekend. Mm-hmm. Weekend, week, whatever. Um, my one complaint with the show right now mm-hmm. is that there's a lot of different. St- like characters and storylines because that's that because like what happened like they're all but they're all split up so they're kind of like hopping like between like all these like storylines right now like oh like so two minutes here two minutes here i'm like okay my way who's his character i was like oh wait yeah because you know i've been like it was a really long time in between season one and season two so you just try to piece everything together but I mean, obviously, if I was watching it like from season one straight to season two, like on Netflix, it would make more, it would, like it would flow better. But right now, it's just the pacing with all that. I feel like if they would just instead of hop around, they would focus on one storyline an episode. Mm-hmm. That would probably work better for the show, in my opinion. But um, still, a lot of great action, over the top kung fu action killing blood splatter like that's the whole reason i watched the show it's just for, like the action the hype get on the hype train and whew, it's always there <laughs> so you can't beat it and internet i <laughs> have finished dexter no, i've watched no. seasons one through seasons eight I don't know that we want to spoil any points that you're going to have. So do we, do we just want to announce no. it now and then be like, we can Annou- hear it later? Announce it. Uh, well, I'm I'm going to talk about the David. final episode. But okay, well, announce it for so next. So next week, what everyone's been waiting for? <laughs> Everyone. Aaron Hahn has gone on the record to say that season that eight season eight is the absolute worst season of television i've ever seen in my life and i've gone on the record before even watching season eight to say that <laughs> i'm gonna just i'm gonna defend the season even though i i haven't seen it just to spite you aaron even though i may <laughs> even though i may you're or such may a good fr- you're such a good friend david i'm I feeling try. the love <laughs> i try even though i may or may not agree with aaron's opinions mm. i'm gonna play quote unquote devil's advocate i'm gonna be that professor in college that everyone hates i'm just like makes <laughs> so next week and jacob mm-hmm. Lacey, the man who has not seen a single episode of dexter is gonna be That's the true. mediator 
I my no, I have seen an episode of Dexter. I really love the one where he gets oh. the computer chip in his head, and then he. Uh, That's not, not even the like concept a, of Chug. It's he, not. There's, there's gets, no chip. In that. And then he's like, he's just like a generic white guy in like an this, action this show. This bit is That's not working. One. Just really? give like, it up. But yeah. you don't understand. The bit is that it annoys both of you. I don't care if it's funny. <laughs> Anyway, mm-hmm. the internet does. <laughs> as long as but so not talk. I'm going to talk about the final episode though. Okay. In depth or just kind of like a few. I'm going to say it was, it was awful. It 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 ruined. Like I can't. Like you I can't, can't really, defend it. I can't. Like I I've can't say I can. I can defend the season. I I cannot defend this episode. Just the, the look in the face. Is, is only as good as, you know, some of its parts. And if one of the parts is horrendously awful and a giant slap in the face to all viewers, you know, it's going to be hard to defend the entire season. Oh, you just wait. Now, what's so bad about it? Spoiler alert for anyone listening. What is so bad Are we about getting... It? How much are we going to talk about right Not now? Much. And how much let's, are we going to see for Let's just say next week? a few points. Let, let's... Let's give give me the two minute rundown of why it's so bad, and I'll cut you off at two minutes so we don't rant forever about it. Well, really, all you need to point to is the last scene, the very yes, end of the, the series. So basically, oh, it's hard to describe how awful this is without also getting into how awful all the preceding events were. But the end of the show is this. Essentially, you think Dexter has died. His mm-hmm. he sent his son off to live with some psychopath in you know South America, and it's so many dumb decisions just compounding on one another. And then it like fades to black, and then like fades back, and you just see Dexter working at like this lumber mill with the beard, and then and the then beard. like and then he sits down, and then he just and he looks sits at the down camera, and, yeah. And it's the weirdest look. It's and, it's like kind of like I'm sad, I'm defeated look. But like, they just tack on like a thirty second scene at the end of the series where he's a lumberjack with no context whatsoever. So would you have been okay with them just killing Dexter? Would you have much preferred it that? It would have been better. It wouldn't have <laughs> saved the episode because the episode is horrendous for reasons outside of that. Oh, but true. just, like, I don't understand the thought process behind that, behind that final scene. Like, what were they going for? I no idea. It's inexplicable and indefensible. And it's just, like... The dumbest moment on all of TV history. All right, two minutes. Are I, up. I really hope two minutes are up. I really hope there's an <laughs> interview on the internet about like the the producer and like and someone's like, "What were you thinking?" I really want to just like hear his or her ideas. I mean, I I read like some of their defense of the thing, but it doesn't hold up because it's like that's not what you actually did. You know, it's like it's nice to have all those aspirations of what you were trying yeah. to do with the show, but that's not what you did. What you did was just give us a random lumberjack epilogue that no one asked for and everyone hated. And <sighs> we're going to have to we're going to have to get into this more <laughs> next week. Guys, let's cut it off here before we rant on forever. 
But just remember, next week it'll be a one-off episode. Um, I don't know when I'll post it. Probably Monday, uh, right the day before we talk about the next Gateway to Cinema movie. So Monday, you got the one-off. Tuesday, you got the Gateway to Cinema. And Thursday, you got the main episode. I couldn't remember the name of the show. Reboot already underway. Oh, no. Uh, this this <laughs> is the main episode. Duh. I'm not a one-off. I am the main. Yeah, yeah. Me and Aaron are the main event. We could just make it the main. That, that's that's what well, I thought. We were I doing. wanted to do that, but if people don't want to be spoiled, also, I feel like it'll work better as a single thing. Because you know, with podcasts, you want to be a little niche. So when you get into that niche of season eight, you know, maybe we'll get some more people wanting to hear about Dexter season eight. And then we'll be like, hey, well, have we got a show for you? So, yeah. And, yeah, I, that's, I watched a lot of basketball because my roommates wanted to watch a lot of basketball. And I was just like, I don't want to, but here I am. You platinum Final Fantasy fifteen. Huh? And you platinum Final Fantasy fifteen. I did platinum Final Fantasy in 61 hours. I'm and so it close. felt really, really good. I'm so close. Yeah. Three trophies left. Um, guys, yeah. let's move on to the Netflix book club. Aaron, would you like to lead us into the segment today? Yes, but I'm not singing. I don't know where that came from. Aaron, <laughs> sing us a song. <laughs> so yeah, this is the segment where we all just watch the same film on Netflix that's available on Netflix streaming. Mm-hmm. And we talk about it in depth with spoilers. Mm-hmm. And so this week is a film that, you know, I, I needed you guys to see because last week we were talking about films that traumatized us as kids. And <laughs> yeah. this is like one of the go-to films for not just me, but so many people is this film. And so when you what, guys said you didn't yeah, see what it. Scene, what scene traumatized well, you? There are two that All I right, can so think So we're of. talking about Who Framed Roger oh, yeah, Rabbit. Even... <laughs> yes. Who Framed Roger Rabbit, yeah. So if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. Go away. Drink the drink. But I don't want the drink. He doesn't want the drink. He does. I don't. You do. I don't. You do. I don't. You do. I don't. You don't. I do. You don't. I do. You don't. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. So my first opening question, well, well, statement is going to be like, I surprisingly enjoyed this more than I thought I was going to. Mm-hmm. I'm, on the other, I'm on the other end. I was like, eh, I thought but this I'm was not... going to be better. <laughs> well, Mike, well, my question is, yeah, I'm not saying it was good, but I thought maybe Ooh, I thought it was going to be. I'm saying it was good. <laughs> like, uh, whoa, whoa, we're, uh... Uh, is this the first, my, my question is, is, is this the first live action mixed with animation movie? I don't think it was the first. I don't right? think, yeah, I don't think it was the first in all of history, but it was if definitely the... like one of the most extensive and, extensive, you know, yeah. All right. And now, Aaron, there are two moments that I'm like, this could be the most traumatizing thing. But help me out here. Was it when this like the roller rolled over him? Is that the one or is it when he's melting and going insane? (laughs) Like it's the moment. It's the whole moment from when the roller steamrolls over him to when he gets back up. You know, pumps himself with the helium, and he's just like, 
I'm the tune that killed your brother. And oh, really? Just like, I didn't even think that could have been it. <laughs> no, are that, you kidding me? I was like, this so man's getting terrifying. ran over by a like, steamroller. That's way more horrifying. It is I thought, horrifying. I but thought like it was the, the, when he peels himself up after that. That is traumatizing. I mean, I, I guess. personally thought it would have been the acid. Uh, yeah. The dip. Like, whatever it was. And that, like, and then, like, so he melts. And then, like, oh, yeah, yeah, all the tunes are there. And then they, like, zoom back. And it's just his skin and plastic. And just, like, there. And just a pile of, yeah. like, leftover. I was like, why did you choose to put that there? <laughs> like, holy crap. But, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't expect you guys to be entirely traumatized by that moment because oh, no. again you guys are now like adults like it's not I, gonna really i'm a man now adults. guys but but watching that as like a five-year-old kid yeah like it gave me nightmares and i was yeah. i loved this movie as a kid but i could never watch that moment like i would watch the whole film and then as soon as i got to that moment i would just like shut it off like i wouldn't even finish the rest of the film i'd just be like nope i'm done now I'm gonna try to fast forward through it. Just I'm 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 out. No, because this film had like a lot of adult themes. It does, yes. Which <laughs> I was not, not expecting. exactly a kids movie. No, well, I wasn't expecting, but I was kind of like happily surprised. I was like, wait, what? Did, was that just said? Did, are they really playing patty cake right now? Oh like, yeah, what's going on? Patty cake, all right. <laughs> That scene, I'm like, oh man, they're going for it. <laughs> and then like the photos, are yeah. Like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, no, yeah, like, this is one of those movies that I've been wanting to see for a long time. Obviously, everyone always talks about it as, like, one of the best 80s movies. And I'm like, so, like, I went in with high expectations. Uh, so maybe that's just my fault. But I came out and I'm like, that was good. Like, I'm not going to say it was bad, but I wasn't in entirely blown away by it either. I think there are great moments. Um, I think... The whole uh, freeway plan is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> it's just like well, only a two, only, only a two could have thought of a dumb idea like that. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, just just moments like that, and just all. That's what I want to talk about. The animation here is so slick. It's so good. Like I'm like, this was made in 1988. Just that whole opening cartoon segment. Some of those shots that they're doing, I'm like. How did you draw that? That is insane. <laughs> but all and right. like, hands off to the actor because you know, hands obviously, off, he was hands just off, but yeah, yeah, but like, <laughs> hands, hands off, pants off, whatever, whatever floats his boat. <laughs> but, um, okay. I said good job to the actor because obviously, he's having to do a lot of this by himself, like, mm -hmm. there's not actually the animations there, so. And I think he did an admirable job oh, for just, you know, talking to himself for 80% of the, of the movie. Right, My right. question is, who who made, like, slash made this, slash produced this movie? It was, was it Warner Brothers? Oh, you mean the production company? Yeah. I think it was Warner Brothers. Because my, my question is, right. how did you get like Disney, Disney characters? Character? Is there any yeah. explanation for that, or do they just? Like, I mean, oh, I, we'll throw I don't know it off the top of my head, but there were definitely a lot of like rights issues to work with in order to make this film possible. To, you know, mm -hmm. to get like the Looney Tunes and the Mickey Mouse characters on yeah. screen together. But I, I don't know the exact story of how they pulled it off. But, but yeah, they had to, they actually had to you know request the 
rights from Disney. I thought it was, I oh, yeah, we got it. Dumbo on the <laughs> They allowed them, they allowed uh, the Looney Tunes, and Disney allowed their characters to be in the movie with the Looney Tunes if their characters had just as much screen time as the Looney Tunes. So that's why every time Bugs Bunny shows up, Mickey Mouse is there, and every time Daffy Duck is there, Donald Duck is there. So they're always on screen at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's that basically was their one, their one, whatever, you have uh, to do this. And honestly, I thought the the Daffy Duck and Donald Duck scene is phenomenal compared to <laughs> Mickey nice. Mouse and Bugs Bunny scene. Like, the whole piano, there's like... Yeah. And then, like, the Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse scene was kind of... I was like, oh, that's kind of stupid, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. What, what do you want to say, Aaron? I mean, you've seen this film... Much, much before us. Much before us? Yeah. Long before. Long before <laughs> us, thank you. I don't know how to speak. Yeah, I mean, this is a film I've seen many, many times. Because, you know, this is a film I watched throughout my childhood. Even if maybe I shouldn't have been with some <laughs> other time. <laughs> but, I mean, this is a film, though, that I feel like everyone should watch. Because it is kind of, you know, it, it's one of those films that, it's something different, I suppose, like the mix between the live action, the animation. This is definitely, I mean, there's obviously other films that have done that, but this is the film that has done it in the best way, you know, right. just like incorporates it in the best way. And... What about Space Jam? Yeah. <laughs> that classic film. Oh, yeah, man. Space Jam is... Uh... I've never seen yeah, Space Jam. Um... I'm not going to lie. You've never seen Space Jam? Oh, you've never seen Space Jam. I've never seen Space Jam. <laughs> Did you did you have a childhood? Yeah, and it was. Were, were you Potter. ever a kid? <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, I like never watched that many movies. I watched the Rugrats movies. I liked those movies as a kid. There were multiple movies. Oh, yeah. the Rugrats? Well, there was the original Rugrats, and then there was what's the the Paris one, whatever. The, the one where they go to Paris, and that's when Chucky gets his little sister because his dad marries. The, the lady from Japan. And then there's Rugrats Gone Wild, Go Wild when it was with the Wild oh. Thornberries. So there's three mm-hmm. movies. Now let's 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 dig into the the Rugrats verse. <laughs> no, let's, no, let's not. Not at all. Um, anyway. But anyway, yeah, so this is a film that I think is worth watching because of like its experiments with the art form, you know, mixing the live action and animation, doing it in the best way of any film that has tried that. And I also just think it's interesting from like a filmmaking perspective, just kind of like that history, you know, like the history of the the cartoons that would like play before yeah. films and, you know, all those classic characters because many, many people like credit this film with like kind of like revitalizing interest in like those older cartoon characters many of those older cartoon characters and so like we have this film to thank for a lot of the renewed interest in like preserving and redistributing the works of of these like classic cartoons and i just think i think personally that this is a highly enjoyable film you know like you got great performances you got a lot of great humor and, you know, 
I know it, it, it's traumatizing to me, but just that <laughs> moment where, you know, Judge Doom is just peeling himself off <laughs> the pavement. I'm just like, it's one of the most unforgettable scenes in all of cinema to me. Now, David. I just remembered, I just remembered another one of these movies, Looney Tunes Back in Action with yeah. Brendan Fraser. I've not seen that, that either. That is not, a great one. Not, no, it's not. Yes, it, it's, it's phenomenal. It is? Yeah. Oh, I mean, wow. Oh, my gosh. All right. Sorry, now, Jacob, David, you're going to say something. Without this movie, like, we might have never gotten Kingdom Hearts. That would have been sad. True. There you go. Yeah. Think no, of it that way. Um, I think there are great, great lines in this as well. Even as uncomfortable as the Jessica Rabbit stuff is today, I think it. I think that stuff has not aged well at all. <laughs> I'm like, this is... Ugh. But... The line where she's like, I'm not bad, uh-huh. I'm just drawn that way. I'm like, that is a great <laughs> line. That is fantastic. Um, and just uh, uh, the cab. I think the cab's awesome, too. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> Benny. Benny. He's, uh, and it's just that, messed up, man. He gets injured, he so then he wheel. just drives the, he drives the he other drives car. He drives the other car. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, this makes sense. Genius. <laughs> also... Not a fan of how this movie breaks its own rules, but whatever. Where it's like, like what? How do you kill a toon? You can only kill him with his dip. And then the weasels kill themselves by laughing too hard. I'm like, okay, guys, come on. I understand that this is nitpicking, but come on. <laughs> like, well, they didn't... Die. They, tra- they just transformed into a different toon. A dead yeah. toon. As and opposed besides, to being Roger destroyed. Rabbit, Roger Rabbit was talking. He's like, huh, you're killing him. You're like, he, he gave all the explanations when he's all tied up. Yeah. Of why. And I like, I like yeah. that scene too a lot. Yeah. That scene, that dancing scene. And so I was like, what is going on? But I'm oddly okay with it. Like, <laughs> I'm okay with this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, sure this isn't a movie that i'll see again unless i ever have kids and then i'll be like hey let's watch this and i'll be like oh god this is way worse than i remember <laughs> it's probably how that's gonna go um, and then you could traumatize them yeah with the nah. touch doom scene yeah i'm like uh no they're they're just really playing patty cake <laughs> oh god <laughs> just so uncomfortable um yeah oh so uh Anyway, that was our discussion on Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Next week, we will be talking about following the directorial debut of Christopher Nolan. Mm -hmm. So, I think a director we're all fans of. I mean, who is not a fan of Christopher Nolan? Christopher Nolan is the rainbow connection of directors. Like, you monster if you don't like Christopher Nolan. Maybe maybe Zack Snyder. He's yeah. like his Batman didn't murder enough people, you know? Just like <laughs> and he, he needed more guns on his Batmobile. Yeah. Just like all the guns. Because that's um, Batman, the, you know? They're all rubber bullets. Get it right, Aaron. Goodness yeah. gracious. I love how that's oh, how they okay, explain yeah. it in Arkham Knight. They're like, Yeah, you're not killing people. These are just rubber bullets. They're concussive. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm murdering these people. Even if this was just a concussive round, this guy's dead. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, guys, let's move on to the bad movie of the week. Oh my god! I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Hey, give me my ball. Carpet day! Huh? No!
this week, I've got a little film for you guys. One that I don't know that you guys have seen. Aaron, maybe you have. And you know what, David, you might have too. But it's a film no one ever talks about. Rightfully so. It's a little film called Push. Have you guys seen Push? I have not. Is this the Chris Evans? It is. Chris Evans, like, Dakota Telepathic Fanning. or whatever. Telekinetic or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, whatever the one is where you can like move things with your mind. Tele- telekinetic. Telepathic's yep. the mind. Or, yeah, yeah, okay. You can read people's minds. Anyway. I've not seen this. Y- you don't. <laughs> it's this is a movie that when it came out it was 2009 i saw it i'm like i like this movie because you know i was still younger i didn't really totally know but now looking back at this film it is such a like jumbled mess the story makes no sense at all chris evans is not good in it which is like how is chris e- chris evans is the rainbow connection <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but it's just like Chris Evans is like one of the most likable people in Hollywood, and it's like if you can't even sell your movie to me with Chris Evans, then I don't know what you can do. Um, and of course, Dakota Fanning's good in it, just because she's Dakota Fanning and she's still a kid at this point. So it's like, well, it's good for a child actor. How old is this movie? Two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Yeah. So like right before he was Captain America. And they still mm-hmm. gave it to him. <laughs> They're like, yeah, yeah, here you go. Uh, also, uh, Camilla Bell is in it. Um, and I, I'm horrible because I don't know how to pronounce names. But did Jimon Hunsu? Digimon? Not Digimon. Did Digi- His name no, is Digimon. No, that is a cartoon. Jimon Hunsu, I believe is his name. He's also in Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Legend of Tarzan, Furious 7. You know, he does a lot of stuff. More of a character actor than anything. But in this movie, he's the main villain. Um, And it's just... There's a lot of cool ideas. Like, she can draw stuff, and then, like, if she draws people dying, they'll die or whatever. It's like a rip-off of Death Note as well. It... This whole movie is just a rip-off of everything. It's a rip-off of Heroes, a rip-off of Death Note, a rip-off of uh, X-Men. But it's Heroes same... was already a rip-off of X-Men. Yeah, that's so, a good you know? point. Um, but it's just... It's, it's so bland and unoriginal that you just are kind of like, okay, okay. You're looking at it and you're like, eh. It's not, it's not bad. Well, it is bad. It's not like the worst thing I've ever seen. It's not Fantastic Four. But its main <laughs> problem is just that it's completely unoriginal. And you don't care about it. And uh, they, they had the gall to set up a sequel by the end. They're going to go find Dakota Fanning's mom or something like that. To figure out why they have powers or something. I don't know. That never, that never happened. This movie didn't do well enough. Now, if this movie came out now, I'm sure it would would have made enough money to get a sequel. But this was like, would it? I think so because this was like right at the beginning of this huge superhero craze. I feel like if it would have came out later, they could have sold this easily and been like, "Superheroes, Chris Evans, go see it." I don't know. Ah, maybe. I think it still wouldn't be a good movie, mind you, but I think it would have done a little bit better. Uh, financially. 
I don't know. You guys haven't seen this. You guys can't really rip into it with me. I don't really... I haven't seen it in a long time. I mean, this is a film that, like, I kind of have been avoiding ever watching <laughs> because it just didn't look good at all. Like, it looked so bland and generic and boring. And the thing is, it's a lot like Jumper in that it's essentially Jumper, like the same movie. I forgot to mention that it rips off that because it's the same plot where it's like these people have And have I powers. hated Jumper. You hated Jumper. With a fiery burning passion. I haven't seen Jumper since I was a kid, so I have no feelings on Jumper. Other than that, I thought it was cool when I was a kid. Because, of course, I think it's cool. You got Anakin, and you got superpowers. Cool movie. <laughs> but, uh, anyway. Yeah. Alright. Alright. Alright, cool. What is wrong? <laughs> I'm, like, super, super weird today. Uh, but, of course, the superpowers in the films are movers. They can move objects with their minds. Pushers. They're not pushers? No, no. Oh, pushers, pushers are different from Control the other people's thoughts. Watchers can see the future. Bleeders emit high-pitched screams that can burst blood vessels. Sniffs track people and objects. Shifters temporarily change what an object looks like to others. Worst power of all time. <laughs> Just the worst. Wipers wipe memories. Shadows cloak themselves and others around them from detection. And stitchers heal or unheal people. This is, this is already too much mythology. Yeah. Like, I'm out. Like, you know... Like, yeah. pick one and stick with it. Yeah. I remember there's, like, a scene where... I think it's Camilla Bell, because she, she's the one who can, like, heal or unheal people. She, like, touches a guy's arm, and blood just starts leaking from him, and it kills him. I mean, that's, like, pretty messed up. <laughs> so, so, like, that's <laughs> at least a scene that's interesting. Um, but overall, I'd say, no. Not a good year for superhero movies. Because he also had X-Men Origins Wolverine. Let's <laughs> see. Guys, let's move on to the fault in your stars. Oh, okay. I don't even have time to tell you how wrong you are. Actually, it's going to bug me if I don't. That's fine. I get that, but you're wrong and I hate you. This is, of course, the game where we go on to Flickster, we find a bad review for a good movie or a good review for a bad movie, and then we read the review, we take out all the bits that could give it away, and then the other two of us try and guess what it is. This week, Aaron, of course, you have the review. What is the review? Review. All right, this is a one-star review. Oh, man, here we go. Kung Fu Panda 3. <laughs> Damn <Correct>. it, no! <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. All, All right. right. What a disappointment. Oh, no. A terribly boring movie for pseudo-intellectuals that seems to be subtly pushing the dangerous political agenda of a one-world leader in between all the nonsense. Basically, nothing happens. The only thing remotely interesting was the different way the alien spaceships went away at the end. It's the day the Earth stood still, isn't it? Is it? I was, I was thinking uh, that... No, 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 no. no, no, no. I was thinking of the Emperor's New Groove, obviously. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So aliens, no. they go it's away. A, is it a, I think it's Arrival. Oh, yeah. It Duh. is indeed Arrival. Duh. Goodness. They're like, so How do you forth. go towards the day that Earth... Oh, it's okay. I mean, okay. that's essentially what the message is in the day the Earth stood still, so, too. So. Why yeah, they're that? very similar movies, for sure. Why is that the thing they took away from Arrival? The spaceships leaving looked cool. Is that the coolest part of this movie to you? 
the rest of it is subtly pushing the dangerous political agenda of a one-world leader. Right. So, uh, you know. Oh, no. <laughs> but, I mean, if that one-world leader is, like, Amy Adams, I'm not really going to complain, you know? No. Like, Amy we'll Adams just let her rule cool. the world, you know? I'm I cool mean, with that. Let's be honest. She doesn't be have a... the best judgment. She is in the Justice League. So... She hasn't just found a way to get out of that right now. <laughs> but she's wanted to be Lois Lane for so long, and she finally got her chance. You know, like it was either now or never. You know, like let her be. Like if they're gonna pay me a hundred thousand million dollars to be in the Justice League, I'll be like, where do I sign up? <laughs> but yeah. like I've said this many times before, I'm gonna sell out at like the first <laughs> instance. You know, you guys like Person. like, like I will. If they yeah. come up to us and be like, hey, we like your podcast. You want to be in this movie? Then I'm yes. like, yeah. Oh, well, of course. Yeah. W- without a doubt. And we'll do going. our best to make it a good movie, just like Amy Adams does. But it's like after Batman v Superman, she's not like, yeah, that Martha line was really dumb. <laughs> Maybe I should get out of here. <laughs> anyway, guys, we're getting off tangent, off tangent, off topic. Rather short episode this week for you guys. But of course, remember, we did a Perks of Being a Wallflower discussion spoiler discussion and gateway to cinema you can see that right now or listen to it i guess i guess you can see it on sound you can see the movie you can see the movie and then listen to it guys this has been reboot already underway episode 45 uh i i just was about to start the show i was about to go into my start of the show spiel (laughs) if you want to find this around the internet you can find david at dbex15 that's two s's dbex15 on twitter uh, if you want to find Aaron around the internet, you can find him at Little Flame Dude on Twitter. Uh, also, this clever blog name is already taken on Tumblr. And if you want to find me around the internet, you can find me at Jake underscore Lace on Twitter. That's L-A-C-E, Jake underscore Lace on Twitter. And Jake Lace on Tumblr. Uh, and yeah, if you want to find the podcast, find us at Reboot Already On on Twitter. Of course, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and I'm working on some other places Guys, thank you for listening. Join us again next week when we talk about following. And yeah, see you all again next week. And the bye bye. God, I thought we were going to get through it with that. I had to get it. No. I mean, I know we mentioned it earlier in the show, but we still, we still had to bring it back again. Goodbye. <laughs>